0: Grace, the Amy Santiago of Royal Bloggers. And I'm Jessica, the Dorothy's Sporner of Royal Bloggers. And we'd like to welcome you to On Air, the podcast where two cynical Brits discuss the latest royal news and the truth behind the story. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the On Air podcast. We have had a short break um, but we are back and we are... We had a whole range of things to choose from this week, but we did pick the uh, most obvious topic to talk about, um, which was the 18th birthday celebrations of Prince Christian of Denmark, the heir to the heir of the Danish throne, and the eldest, the future king, the eldest son of Mary and Frederick. Um, So we thought we would talk a bit about what actually happened, what were his 18th birthday celebrations. Obviously a bit of fashion in there. And sort of, as we go, compare it to other 18th birthday celebrations, whether they're recent ones that have happened or um, his father's birthday, which is obviously the most recent big Danish birthday we've had.
1: In episode 71, we talked about the plans for Christian's birthday very briefly, as they'd been announced right before that episode. And they had announced that he was going to do a balcony thing and then there was going to be a gala. And I think at the time, our general consensus was great. Sounds nice. But sounds really low key and quite bland for the Danish royal family because they go all out for big birthdays and big celebrations like this. So we were a bit surprised and we kind of said, oh, well, I hope that there's a bit more that padding, I guess. And so I would say if we start before the birthday even happened, it became very clear in the days leading up to it that, yes, there was going to be some padding. (laughs) so there were some bits and bobs that weren't that hadn't been released so for example there was a commemorative medal that was released there was a stamp in Greenland which um, has Christian in Greenlandic attire Um, and then on the 13th he visited the armed forces with his father and got to learn about the role of the armed forces I like that there was more stuff that kind of made it feel feel more full although at the same time I didn't really pay attention to it to be honest
0: no I think and this is in no way a criticism of Christian but I naturally pay less attention to the male royals yeah so even though it's a younger royal who I pay more you know and I do pay more attention to the younger royals, and I knew we were probably going to talk about it on the podcast I'm not that interested in like the military anyway so Christian going to see the military was like the most
1: boring thing that could have happened for me so I was just like well done you did it there's there's only so much that can be said about like a stamp like it's a nice stamp It wasn't the most interesting stuff, um, but I do appreciate that, like, there will be somebody who was really interested in stamps and probably really enjoyed it. (laughs) And, uh, you know, these things do make they do just make it feel a bit more like, okay the the event is coming. So, you know, you've got the build up because you've been seeing him out and about or you've been seeing photographs of him. So I could still be like, oh, there he is. It's his birthday soon. That's nice. And I did learn a fun fact, which is that Denmark still has um, conscription.
0: Does it? Yeah. I was confused when I learned like Norway
1: did. Yeah, see. yeah, it's apparently it's a really tiny number of people now. Um. Uh, but there's a lot more people who do voluntary conscription, which I don't think I think that it, it, all the articles and things refer to it as voluntary conscription. But I do think that that's an oxymoron. I don't think you can have voluntary conscription. But Anyway.
0: No, either you're conscripted or you're not. Yeah, exactly.
1: Um, I think that's just volunteering. But I think, um, yeah, a lot of it is now like just young people who want to spend a bit of time giving back in some way. You don't have to do like with other conscription systems. If you're like a conscientious objector, you don't have to go into the military. You can go into the civil service, for example, in Denmark. Um, But yeah, that's that's the only thing that I like noted from this sort of pre until we get to the big thing that happened before the birthday, um, that was the only thing that I really noticed because I thought that that was interesting. And, you know, we've talked before a lot about the military and even though it's not my thing and I didn't pay that much attention to it, it is a good idea for him to go and visit it because, as that fact would suggest, Denmark is also quite a militaristic society in terms of the, the royals and things. So, you know, it is a nice thing for them to go into, just not my thing
0: yeah I thought it was a very nice touch that the stamp he was on was a Greenland stamp not a like Danish mainland stamp because well while, while ah, I'm just throwing some sequins on myself while um, <laughs> <so> the, fabulous. <laughs> the Danish royals are probably more engaged with Greenland than some of the sort of other royals are with their overseas yeah, yeah. territories Um it you know it's very easy to just forget them when you're doing a birthday and something like that because it's you know a birthday is just like a thing that you do when you celebrate so i'm really glad that even though it, you know he wasn't going on a tour of greenland they there was something a little nod and he was in traditional dress which i thought was very sweet
1: yeah yeah so it wasn't it wasn't bad any by any means I'm i'm glad that they did have these things going on they just weren't the most interesting things to us particularly but there was there was a documentary as well um, which aired on the eve of his birthday and I've got more notes on that so the documentary followed his educational journey um, I'm doing air quotes you can't see because this isn't a video <laughs> podcast but I am um, and it was his educational journey with his father I, as soon as I found out that they were doing a documentary my reaction was just like that's the Denmark we know
0: well <laughs> <laughs> like... done Denmark
1: you're back <laughs> yeah exactly I thought and when I heard it was just a balcony appearance and a gala I was like, that's not like you D- D- documentary. That's more like you. I d- I'm well. Did you watch it? No.
0: I read excerpts. I've seen pictures and clips, but I also don't speak Danish, so <laughs> I drew the line at watching it.
1: Well, I I watched about twenty minutes, and this is going to make us just sound both of us like we're terrible podcasters and we don't do any research and we don't care at all, but. I do think that we were justified and i will get to why we were justified justified for not watching the full thing but essentially through through the documentary what he did was he kind of went to meet with various people who are important parts of the governance of denmark so for example he he would go to the government and he met with the youngest member of parliament who is 21 (sighs) 21 i know tiny tiny child um uh, so he, and met with but it was nice i suppose because he's 18 and she's young as well so it was a nice thing uh he met with like government ministers i think the minister for education uh he went to like the national archives and met with the archivers who showed him copies of various laws that were important like the law that made margareta uh, or made women eligible to succeed the throne so queen margareta could become queen one random observation if you haven't watched it it probably won't make sense but it was very much a, like a netflix style documentary um <laughs> And I noticed that with King Carl Gustaf's um, Jubilee documentary that was on not long ago they both had a really similar it's very Netflixy to me of like either Carl Gustaf or Christian the subject of the documentary kind of um, standing in a room by themselves power pose staring straight at the camera with just like music in the background like all moody <laughs> it's very uh, yeah very slick kind of Netflix style Uh, But anyway, so he he narrated chunks of it, which I thought was a clever touch because I think a lot of the time when you have a documentary about royals, they aren't actually the ones narrating it. It's somebody else who's doing it and narrating it about them because it's an external kind of observer. So it made it feel more like this is Christian's documentary. And I also thought it was an interesting um, alternative to an interview because if you looked at like, other royal families and what they did. You know, Ingrid Alexander gave an interview for her 18th, quite a few interviews, um, Caterina Amalia, there was a book about her, um, but she was interviewed extensively for that book. I thought this was a good a, or a clever way to make you feel like you're hearing from Christian, you're getting access to him, but it was all completely scripted and was not remotely personal. It wasn't about him or his identity.
0: Yeah, and I think that makes a lot of sense with the kind of Upbringing. I was going to say bringing up. That didn't sound right. Upbringing that he's had with his parents, because even though we see the Danish children sort of semi regularly, we don't know much about them as people compared to the other sort of young royals. And I think you know, Mary and Frederick have got have had a really good sort of balance of exposing their children to. um public life and the public to the children without us ever actually feeling like we particularly know them
1: well that's the interesting thing this comes up again later on in my notes I didn't expect it to come up so early on but it's it's a theme (laughs) that I realized when I was doing my notes for this it was a theme that I realized that maybe it sounds obvious but I hadn't realized it before of like we I would have always said you get loads of access to all the Scandinavian monarchies Norway Sweden Denmark all of them gives us tons of access but I realized through doing these notes that Denmark's access is so controlled like I feel like in the UK all you have is control they don't really give you much access they want full control over everything in Sweden you probably have a lot of access like you the camera will just be running and you'll just watch the kids run around and I'm sure that obviously it's not completely they can't go into their bathroom or whatever but you know they they do get the press get to set up a camera and watch them do stuff Denmark it'll be like it'll be things like this where it's like we're going to give you access and you're going to feel like, oh, this is great. They did a whole documentary with Christian and he's walking around, going to places and talking and doing all these things. But actually, when you reflect on it, they didn't tell you anything that they didn't want to tell you. So Denmark, uh, I've I've realized you you're doing this, I've got this really interesting balance of like, you always feel like you've got loads of access to them, but actually they are fully in control of that access at all points.
0: Yeah, it's really telling. And I think... Um... Like, the concept of a documentary is a brilliant concept. And I think, you know, like you mentioned, uh, Christian narrating it was a great idea. But the fact it was like, I don't want to say king lessons, but it was like, you know, w- this is this is what he will do in his job when he's older. It's It felt like, oh, I didn't, we don't have Careers Day in the UK, but it felt like what I imagine Careers Day is like in America, where they're like, this is what it's like to be a prince. And you just get like, taught what it is and it wasn't personal to Christian um,
1: particularly. Definitely and I I think the reason I stopped watching it about 20 minutes in was partially because I realized oh this isn't actually about Christian um, and I'm not that interested, no offense to Denmark, I'm sure that the governance of Denmark is really interesting but if I was going to find out about it I would do it in an English language thing, you know, I think I watch like the Swedish documentaries and I painstakingly translate everything, um but i didn't have enough interest in the running of the country of denmark to do that for an hour long documentary so that's why i felt comfortable but also because it really did feel like a documentary that was geared towards people who were christian's age and i don't know if that was deliberate or not but like it was it was very much like this is how the country runs this is how we create laws this is how many people are in the government this you know it was it was very much like this is an introduction to the the Danish state and how Christian and his grandmother and his father fit into to that system but there were little bits like they would have little animations with pictures of people who'd been important to you know previous monarchs and things and that like if it was a monarch that had done something really good they would add like a little emoji of sunglasses and I was like that's something that, <laughs> that's that's not for me is it I'm 31 years old that's not for <laughs> me um So, you know, I did feel like it it wasn't a documentary that was geared towards me, which is absolutely fine because I'm not a Danish person and maybe they were deliberately kind of trying to engage the next generation in Christian's journey and the people who are his age. So it's fine that it wasn't geared towards me, but it just, you know, it it wasn't geared towards me. So it is what it is. I do
0: wonder what the, like, reaction was in Denmark. Yeah. Because obviously, you know, I think the Danish uh, public tend to be... um, fairly positive towards particularly the kind of core of the monarchy but like the concept and a concept of a documentary I'm sure went down really well but a documentary that feels very aimed at young people being on like national television like if it had been in the UK Twitter would have been going crazy, it'd be like "Uh, what is this, they think we're idiots and I know there's a cultural difference but also people are still people
1: I remember, I remember when his uncle, uh, whose name we can never pronounce, Kim, um, when he did a document, he did a series, a documentary series, which is all about the history of Denmark, and he got really heavily mocked, and people being like, "Oh, why is he doing this? Why is he not doing something important?" And I know it's different because Christian's only eighteen, but I did think that was notable because I know he's not very popular, um, and he got a lot of criticism for doing a documentary series and then Christian does a documentary series and everyone's like, oh, isn't this great? Christian doing a documentary. Um, So just slightly interesting. And also, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I haven't seen anything negative. I think the reaction has been fairly positive to the documentary, but, um, you know, in six months or something, will they think, oh, I wish he'd done something like what Ingrid did. And did an interview or something where we got to learn a little bit more about him because there are things that i noticed that i i can talk about in a second like things i observed about christian but it was nothing like even i'm not asking for who are you dating or you know anything like that i'm just asking like i just want to know like your favorite food and um do you like skiing i don't know stupid things like that
0: yeah i think you know most adult royals have got to the point where they, and I don't mean adult royals like 18s, I mean like the grown up royals yeah, yeah, but like most of them have sussed out the royal sort of strategy is like you give just enough to appease people, like you tell everyone that, you know you your favourite princess is Princess Fiona or you like to play beer pong, like you give them just enough and then people go like wow, I know so much about you, we are like besties um, and I don't expect Christian to know that because he's only 18, but I do expect Mary and Frederick to know that. Um, and they are both themselves very good at giving exactly a tiny bit of information. So it did seem odd, but I also think Christian had a fairly heavy hand in what happened for his birthday. Um, so I wonder if like this was his decision and his
1: sort of stamp on things. I, I, I personally prefer the approach that Ingrid and um, Amalia did of having access to their personal thoughts and feelings and things. But I also know that that's a subjective thing. And um, Christian, ultimately, the most important thing is that he is comfortable because he is—he was 17 when the documentary was made. You know, He wasn't 18 yet. He was still a child. So I can understand the desire to want to protect him in some way. So if this is what the level that he, of, that he felt comfortable with or if this is what he wanted the image of him to be, which was not just him talking about himself, but him talking about the country, you know, maybe that is actually a good thing um, that he decided to use his birthday as an opportunity to, to introduce young people to the monarchy and to the governance of Denmark. Maybe that actually is a better thing than just talking about what he likes. You know, that I, there it's, it's, it's totally subjective. So I can see why people would like it and why they wouldn't. Um, I mean, he did come across incredibly confident, uh, but he like he he walks with this like swagger to him. <laughs> and he also, I, I don't think I'd ever heard him speak, or not for a long time anyway. He has such a deep voice. It took me a while to work out it was him narrating it. Cause I was like, this is a 45-year-old man who smokes. <laughs> well, he's so big. Like he is mm. a proper, like the only word, like
0: every time I see him, I'm like gentle giant. My brain just goes, gentle yep. giant, because he's huge and but he's so young, my brain's like, it doesn't it doesn't make sense to me. <laughs> I know young people can be tall, but my brain's like,
1: nope, this is a giant here. That was my main t- takeaway from the whole thing, which is like, gosh, he's got a deep voice, but he did seem, he did genuinely seem really interested in what he was hearing, really engaged. There were some moments where the camera went over to Frederick and he was just like staring off into the distance, and I don't know if that's just because that's what he's like, or if it was because he's like, I've been doing this since I was eighteen, uh, which was in 1986. I already know how Denmark works, and it wasn't really interesting to him. I don't know, but Christian, it, it did feel like he was genuinely really engaged. You know, he was asking questions, and he was. Um, Looking directly at the people who were speaking to him, and you know, it, so the little we, you know, we didn't get to learn anything personal about him, but I did still come out of it. The bit I watched, kind of thinking, oh yeah, this he seems like a really switched on, um confident young man, which I think is a good impression to be left with.
0: Yeah, that's exactly what you want the world to think of you when you're 18. Whether you're yeah. or not, is that you're confident and you know what you're doing.
1: Yeah, exactly, which is very rarely the case. Um, <laughs> so good for him so the day itself started off with prince christian and other members of the family on the balcony to wave to people uh you know pretty standard royal fair so yeah it, i think because of that it's not like you know no nobody nothing exciting happened he did seem very happy and comfortable again very confident up there i suppose it's not as new to him as the other parts of this day you know like he knows how to stand on the balcony and wave he's very well practised at that but it, you know it was nice like he came out first on his own got a moment on his own and then his his the queen his grandmother and his father the crown prince both came out and they got a moment as three of them and then the rest of the family came out and they all got a moment with the rest of the family and yeah it was, so it was it was very nice
0: yeah i thought it was a really interesting order because normally they do it the other way around yes. like they'll do um the family and then they'll t- reduce it to just the heirs and then you'll have like a minute at the end with just Christian but I thought it really sort of spoke to his sort of confidence and his sort of sort of pride of being the a prince of Denmark and being able to stand there and sort of be there as the future monarch and I just thought it seemed to fit the kind of confident Christian image that has been sort of appearing very
1: well. Yeah and also a moment for the rest of the family to be like this is his day and you know Mary kept looking at him very emotionally sometimes I catch my mum staring at me from the other side of the room with the same face on um which is just like it's just a face of like I really love you and it freaks me out Or tell her every time <laughs> like why will you stop looking at me like that <laughs> yes
0: it was so Mary just looked very the entire day was just
1: yeah. <laughs> um like
0: my boy is so okay now <laughs>
1: Leah's like 17 feet tall. So, uh, you know, I can imagine that she's probably like, when did this happen? <laughs> How did you get so big? Yeah. yeah. I do think that it was a, a good crowd as well. You know, I think that shows that there's still obviously a lot of goodwill for Christian. Um, you know, we know that Margaret is very popular, but that popularity of a monarch doesn't always extend to their children, as we've seen very clearly in the UK. And I think it, it's nice to see that, like, Christian is, people obviously want to get to know Christian, and people want to support Christian.
0: Yeah, and it, he also came out wearing the um, Order of the Elephant Yeah, the first time, he was given it that morning by his grandmother. So it's um, a Danish honour, which is an actual little tiny elephant, and it's very cute, which I thought was very sweet. I've never actually looked at it before. I just assume these things are boring medals. And there are a limited number of elephants, so when one dies, it goes back to the crown, um, and normally they just kind of hand them out again. You don't know who came before you, but it's tradition for members of the Danish royal family to get important ones. So this one belonged to his late grandfather, uh, the queen's husband, Prince um, Henrik of Denmark, um, who died a few years ago, and it was a very nice way for him to also sort of be of part of this big celebration the sort of last other member
1: of the family to be included. Yeah, I didn't know that it, that it had been confirmed that it was his. That's quite nice. Um, I know Mary, yeah. his mum, got Queen Ingrid's, I believe. Oh, that's very sweet. Yeah, Queen Ingrid is the late mother of um, the current Queen Margrethe and also was a Swedish princess by birth. So she connect, she's one of the ones who connects the Swedish and Danish royal families. And I think, you know, she was the last um queen consort and mary will be the next queen consort so i think um that was a nice connection between them they, they do a lot of this in in denmark they have a lot of like i know that the order is not jewelry as such but it's kind of an accessory they have a lot of accessory traditions where it's like passed around between family members which i love a good tradition
0: it's very sweet though like because it's this little nod like at some point it will be you know like christians like this this elephant that went to his grandfather will probably one day go to like his great-grandson and it would have gone through three reigns at that point and it's just
1: we won't know because we'll be dead but
0: yeah I'll be dead at this point but <laughs> it'll be so fascinating like that that tiny elephant was obviously started pre-Queen Margreta, um, and has ended, will you know go past the reign of King Christian blew my mind honestly I was just like whoa press releases are so exciting sometimes
1: yeah, I mean this is the um this is the thing about monarchies that I sometimes find very difficult. Like I was actually watching one of my lefty podcasts, so they're all very anti-monarchist, but it, they they don't talk about the monarchy very often, but they did briefly talk about the the coronation and they were all you know saying the usual points about you know the monarchy's terrible, blah, blah, blah. Um, but then one of them was like, on the other hand, there was a chair there that was like a thousand years old and I mean that's pretty cool and that was his, which I've also said I agreed with him because I really liked that old chair at the coronation but this is the thing that like, even if you're not a monarchist, it's pretty cool.
0: 18th birthdays and these like 21st birthdays and the first sort of appearance of the the next generation of royals is really like historically fascinating because we've never lived through this before and the next time, you know, the next bunch is going to be in another 10 years and it it's just weird to think that these little tiny children, like in a hundred years in a history book, someone might go like, "Yes, and our King Christian waved at people on a balcony on his birthday." Yeah, and everyone would go "That sounds so boring. We didn't even have balconies anymore, or waving. We didn't even have arms." <laughs> that <They're> like, <laughs> That's crazy. What happened to the human race that we don't have arms, Grace? <laughs> I think we get them like genetically modified into like robot antennae or something.
1: In a hundred years, we're not going to have arms. Very either. high tech future. Um, yeah, we we um we all have like robots that do stuff for us. We just evolved not to need the uh, arms anymore. The um, robots do all the work. Yeah. Uh, well, okay. And also, of course, their textbooks will have the on-air podcast as a reference to the feeling at the time. Obviously, this exact moment. Yeah. Yeah um hi future kids (laughs) that'll be a quote they pop in there yeah but they will still be reading shakespeare because you can't get rid of that man no matter how much society changes kids at school will still be learning about shakespeare and world war ii (laughs) II. (laughs) Um, then we move on to the big event itself the gala should i read out a list of who went and then you can let me know if if i got them wrong So we had all, I'm not going to name all the Danish royals because there's a billion of them, but we had all the Danish royals um, who attended, including the ones that we weren't sure if they were going to attend or not, which were Christian's younger siblings, Isabella, Vincent, Josephine, and his cousins, including Athena, who's only 11. Um, uh, Also the sort of extended family, so Karina and Gustave, who are uh, related through the Queen's sister, Benedict, and then the Greek royals, uh, Pavlos and Marie Chantal. Uh, From Sweden, we had uh, Crown Princess Victoria, Prince Daniel, and Little Princess Estelle. From Norway, we had Crown Prince Hakon, Crown Princess Metamarit, and Princess Ingrid Alexandra. From um, the Netherlands, we had uh, Princess Katerina Amalia, also known as Princess Amalia. From Belgium, we had Princess Elizabeth. Was that it?
0: Yeah, that's all I had.
1: Okay, great. Um,
0: Which I think is incredibly telling, because... It was essentially the Scandinavian royals and the other two royals who happened to be 18-ish, which is very Christian. Like, it fits his whole, this is for the young people vibe he was going with. Um, And it also makes a lot of sense. Like, he wasn't inviting... You know, it's not a massive, huge, mega-state event. It's not a coronation or the... He's not the heir to the throne yet. Mm -hmm. But there were there were esther there there were foreign royals, um, but apart from the ones that his family are particularly close to, it was just the ones around his own age. He didn't invite anyone from Spain or Britain or Monaco. You know, maybe he did, and they all decided not to come. But I think based on who did come, it seems fairly likely he only invited the ones that were his age, um, and they were the ones who went to make it.
1: I had the exact same theory. Actually, interestingly enough, we're so clever um i've seen a lot of people making it about the uk because the uk never go to anything so it's all everyone's been like oh of course the british representatives didn't send anyone it's like no neither did spain neither did luxembourg and luxembourg sent tiny little prince charles who's like three years old or something they sent him to norway so obviously they can send people (laughs) if you look at his father's his father just had the spanish royals this is a massive increase in royals that we've seen already um but i think that if Belgium and the Netherlands, I mean, I'm not sure I, what they were doing at the time, but if I think if Belgium and the Netherlands hadn't had two girls who were, or two heirs who were around the same age as Christian, they probably wouldn't have sent anyone. If, you know, uh, the king and queen of the Netherlands
0: had been there and the king
1: and queen of Belgium,
0: it would have been a completely different situation because obviously then they're just inviting the whole gang. Yeah. But of the, you know, foreign royals invited, it was like the future heirs, Plus a couple of relatives.
1: Mm-hmm. It seemed it based, you know, Frederick had so few people, but I feel like Christian upped it already by having the rest of Scandinavia attending, and so I think that the extension to Amalia and Elizabeth was to Amalia and Elizabeth, not to Belgium and the Netherlands. If that makes sense. Yes, definitely. Um, that's my personal view, anyway. Um, but yeah, as 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 I said, substantially uh, increased attendance compared to his father, which was interesting because his father was heir to the throne and Christian is actually second in line. So, you know, they just I guess Amal um not Amalia, um, Ingrid went all out and invited like everyone, including that two-year-old um who <laughs> wore a little suit. So like I think, you know, maybe they kind of were like, oh well, you know, we have to extend the invitation to Ingrid. And if we're inviting Ingrid, then we probably have to invite uh Sweden as well. And if we're you know, or maybe it's just that you know, nowadays They do tend to do more stuff together because they are personal friends with each other. I don't really know, um, but it was notable that there was more royal presence than there was at his father's.
0: Yeah, I kept having to remind myself that he's 18 and he's the heir to the heir. Um, Because I was getting, like, I kept thinking, like, when George is 18, the concept of BBC Two spending the entire day showing George-related content... And there being an a gala that's live streamed. Like, I think we'd actually have
1: a revolution. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I just don't think it would happen. It's,
1: we get the reputation as being all into the pomp and the pageantry, but the Danish are much more interested in the pomp and the pageantry.
0: It's such an alien concept, but I think the for you know 2023 Denmark and Christian, for him it is that kind of celebration of the future, and the future is the young people and the future heirs. And I think it was mm-hmm. Very notable that they were invited in the first place. I think it spoke a lot to Christians' interests in the sort of coming
1: future. Definitely, and suggests they're going to be friends, which is I like. You know, um <laughs> I like the young royals being friends with each other. I hope they have a WhatsApp chat um where they talk about oh, what what's a constitution again? You know that kind of thing. Well, actually yeah. no, I hope I hope they know what a constitution is, but you know what I mean. I can not yeah. think of any other stuff. Yeah, exactly. Um, shall we talk about fashion very briefly?
0: We should talk about fashion very briefly.
1: Okay, so I just picked out some highlights, and I'm going to be honest with you, the young folk were really smashing it for me.
0: Yeah, I made a top five, and they okay. were children.
1: <laughs> <laughs> One of my things that I noticed as a personal or I noted as a personal highlight was um Princess Josephine in a jumpsuit.: Yes, she was in my top five. Yes. Uh, so Princess Josephine is the sister of Prince Christian. Princess Josephine is 12. She'll be 13 in January, which is ridiculous because she's a tiny baby. They're all tiny babies. Um, but yeah, she came out in a jumpsuit, which I mean, already, I think jumpsuits are relatively rare at Galas. So that's quite a rare thing already. And I just love that it was like this little 12 year old girl it was like, yeah, I'm going to wear a jumpsuit. Why not? I mean, I couldn't wear a jumpsuit at my age. I'm not confident enough. So I don't know where these what's in the water that's giving all these young royals so much confidence but it was great
0: i know the young danish royals the young danish women are very like power suits and jumpsuits and they just look so effortlessly cool and i'm like is this a danish thing (laughs) or is this (laughs) a royal thing are all young people in denmark incredibly fashionable
1: so one of my other topics was princess estelle yes she was number two on my list lovely lovely um and so she was wearing, we will post a link to all of the outfits and things so you can see them. So they'll be in the description of this episode. But she was wearing sort of a pink ground, more tool. We talked before about how we like tool on on her, um, because it feels very sort of useful and um yeah, and with like flowers and things on it. The most interesting thing for me is that it was made by krista Lindar Lindar. I don't know how you pronounce it. Very I knew his name because he is a very famous Swedish drag artist. And he uh, has been, he retired quite recently, but he's been portraying Queen Sylvia uh, from the Swedish royal family for like 40 years. Um, and, you know, all the way back in the 1970s, Sylvia and Carl Gustav watched him perform. He performed then at, um, I think it was Crown Princess Victoria's birthday when, you know, like four, 35 years later. And Princess Estelle was taken to one of his final shows by Crown Princess Victoria. And she wore a feather boa and was po- photographed with all the dancers. And I just, I think this might be the first time a royal has ever ha- had a gown that was made by a, a drag performer. I'm going to go out on a yes, and say something. Yeah. Um, and I just <laughs> loved that. I was like, yes, Estelle is following in her mother's footsteps. She's going to be our little, you know, ally. I, I just love that. She just looks so sweet. And I loved the
0: fact, like, it wasn't just, you know, a famous Swedish designer. Yes, yeah. Or, you know, it was it's, it was like when it was Carl Gustav Gala and she wore, like, her mother's old dress. It was that kind of family nostalgic touch to things.
1: Yeah, yeah. And the thing is, it was a great dress. Like, we're not... It wasn't just yeah. a novelty thing that they chose Christa because he's, you know, they wanted to make a statement or because they have a connection to Christa. Like, it was a beautiful dress. And I read something from Christa about how, um, you know, he made up a couple of designs and then Estelle picked the one that she liked the best. So clearly, like she was really involved in it. And I just, I like to think of that, like them sitting at home being like, right, okay, well, we're going to go to Christian's birthday party and this is, you get to pick your own dress and like how fun that must be for a little girl. Yeah, I would have loved that. Maybe not at 11 because I was in my tomboy phase,
0: but like now, or like when I was like 15, that would have been the coolest thing ever. If someone had been like, pick the party dress. I'd be like, yes, please.
1: Sign me up. Amazing. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think got a really similar dress theme Princess Athena looked equally sweet like she also wore like a sequin pink cute dress um so Princess Athena is the youngest of the Danish royals.
1: Grace she's not a
0: princess anymore. She's a princess to me. She's a a princess of our hearts.
1: (laughs) Countess Athena. I will always call her Princess Athena I'm so sorry. If you go back and listen to the episode called "Real Housewives of Copenhagen," you can find out why she's no longer a princess and how upset we both are about it. But carry on, sorry. She's a princess to me, Princess Athena. In
0: my heart, um, (laughs) is the baby of the sort of main-ish Danish royal. She is the daughter of Princess Marie and Prince Joachim. Um, and she was also wearing this like pink sequin number, but it looked—I don't want—it sounds mean, and I mean this in the nicest way, but it looked like every like 11 year old girl's party dress and it was just in this sort of room of gowns and orders and tiaras it was just perfect for her um, because she wasn't she's not a. you know she's not she's not a princess anymore she's not gonna grow up and be queen but it was just like such a perfect dress and it suited her so well.
1: I, I agree with you like I looked at it and I thought this is such a pretty dress so you look absolutely adorable it could be bought in next um like it gave that or like Debenham's like a nice department store it's what you'd buy for a kid's birthday party um but that's not a bad thing like I it's interesting because her and Estelle are only about a month apart but they went in completely different directions and yet I thought both were just adorable like Estelle it was like a a real princess gown whereas with Athena it felt like a family party that she, she was going to her cousin's birthday party and she was wearing the dress that she would wear at her cousin's birthday party so it was totally different vibes but they both just looked really adorable and really happy and comfortable and that's that's the most important thing when they're you're talking about an 11 year old my other pick which i've got we'll see if this is in your top five was amalia yes she is in my top five please so number three just below us now she firstly the first thing i notice is she's worn her third different tiara so she's worn three tiaras now she turned 18 like what 18 months ago was that when she first yeah, was barely 18 yeah um and already i mean there will be members of the british royal family who will be in the royal family working members for 50 years and will wear one tiara or two tiaras if they're lucky so the fact that she's worn three already and she's only been wearing them for 18 months like we know she's an aficionado of tiaras because she said it in her 18th birthday in the book about her she said like she loves tiaras so she's obviously just been like Going crazy on the vault, uh, but it was very surprising to me to see the third one. So she wore a sapphire tiara. It worked beautifully because she wore like this sort of emerald blue, emerald that's green, uh, sapphire blue um <laughs> gown with a cape. Love a cape. Thank you for giving us a cape. And I, I think it was just it was so beautifully styled.
0: Yeah, it all worked perfectly.
1: Yeah, then so she like wore like the silvery accessories, but she wore like a necklace that kind of it made it look almost like it was part of the dress have a look at the pictures and you'll understand what I mean. And like the way her her hair was kind of like almost folded around the tiara. It was like pinned up around the the, uh, end of the tiara. And it just, I don't know, all of it worked together. She just looked so elegant.
0: Yeah, I think, you know, the amount of royal jewellery she was wearing. Yeah. Like she was wearing a tiara and a necklace and bracelets. And she didn't, it wasn't overwhelming her, considering she was wearing like hundreds of years of royal history. And she was wearing a cape. And she has, you know, big Maxima style hair and like the confidence to pull that off. Yeah. Like, she is clearly her mother's daughter. Yes. <laughs> she looked amazing. Um, I think the colour really suited her. Also, she's so tall as well, because when she was stood next to Christian, there was almost nothing between them. And I know she was in Hills, but Christian's giant.
1: So she's so tall. She's definitely got that, that quality that her mother has. Where, like Her mum's not a ginormous, like she's not 17 feet tall. She's not... You know but she has an air about her that's like there's a presence in the room and Amalia's got that same thing about her um well who was your fifth then? My top choice in fact
0: was Ooh. Elizabeth of Princess yeah. Elizabeth
1: of Belgium my
0: Lovely. favorite outfit of the night I think it's been really underrated <laughs> yes me too every time someone does like like a rating it always comes out goes out in the first round and I'm like you all have no taste this is the best look
1: yeah, so she wore she wore opera opera gloves, um, and a sort of strapless gown, and um, it was kind of like a a stone color, Is that? For, yeah, yeah, like a silvery gray almost. Yeah, like a silvery gray, beige-y kind of color. Uh, we're not making it sound very nice, but it was very nice. And the, like the the opera gloves were the same color as the dress, or almost the same color, um, which I thought was just really nice because we're used to like the traditional opera gloves in white um Kate did try to do a bit something a bit different with her black opera gloves and the white gown which did not work for me at all but um I like that it felt like something very traditional which is you know the, the gloves but with something in a really sort of modern way the reason I didn't mention Elizabeth is actually because I am going I know that I am going to talk about Elizabeth extensively in an episode that we're doing next month me too oh i think we got oh, oh. <laughs> So next month we're going to be doing like a, a special episode um which is sort of talking about categories and giving people prizes and things and I feel like Grace and I've chose the same one for one of our categories. Um, <laughs> so that's why I didn't include it but yes I would t- I would totally agree with you that she has she's got an amazing sense of style.
0: You know, it was one of these things where the first sort of she was in obviously she walked in with Amalia which I thought was very sweet they kind of walked in together. Um and like Amalia was eye-catching and stunning. And then just the more you looked at it, I just thought Elizabeth was like, it was really breathtaking. I thought she had, you know, she went for the wolfers tiara, which is quite a small one, but it suited her. And she's like, she's the grown up of this next generation of royals. And she always comes across like she's the grown up of the next generation of royals. Like she's there.
1: She knows what she's doing. No worries. She's just going to sort everything out. Yeah, and she—I mean, she was wearing a new tiara as well. For her. she's only worn two, so not quite at Amalia's level. But she was, you know, breaking out a new tiara as well, which is just like goodness me, I'm just handing them out to anyone these days. So yeah, so then we went into the gala, um, and I mean, my first observation was I, I looked at the time as well to make sure this was right. They stood and shook hands with guests for forty minutes. Four zero. is this a wedding. I know. <laughs> Being a royal must be so boring
0: yeah on your birthday your 18th birthday they're like yeah can you shake hands with people for nearly an hour they'd have
1: to say no <laughs> no i can't actually i'm busy that day my grader sits down the whole time which i know is health related but i just really appreciate that because uh, i appreciate anyone who has a commitment to sitting down i'm really bad in the afternoons especially like the later in the week
0: we get at school in the afternoons i'm just like i'm just gonna do this teaching from like yeah. sat on the seat so i can jump up at any moment if anyone comes near that door
1: yeah but i'm sitting Yeah, good for you. And then after they did their sort of greeting of everybody, um, the royals all walked in and took their seats. Can you imagine, you know, being an 18-year-old Danish person? And not only have you been invited to this really important gala at the palace, but then when you turn up, you're sat on a table with the 11-year-old future Queen of Sweden. Can you imagine that?
0: I know, it was just the way they were, like, scattered around the royals. (laughs) Like, which I get makes sense. But I also would have been absolutely furious if someone got, like... Ingrid Alexandra, and I got, like, Marie Chantel. (laughs) (laughs) She's not even a real royal. I I just
1: thought the whole thing was wild, like, imagine that. What a great story.
0: I also was like, they must have had some, like, English conversing, because in Denmark, they speak, obviously, Danish, but, like, Amalia doesn't speak Danish or you know Elizabeth don't speak Danish and um, I don't know how many Danish people speak Flemish whatever languages Elizabeth speaks. So like there must have been a lot of like English? In- okay, English is or like
1: yeah French? Dutch.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. What do we have in common?
1: Yeah. <sighs> yeah, I often wonder that about like, well, we're I'm about to get into the speeches, and like they they can't understand the vast majority of what's being said in the speeches. So is there an English translation in there? In there, like, do they have a program with an English translation or something? I don't know. Or do well, they, they just have to his, sit like, there, headphones? Yes. They've got them, like being translated. Like at the UN. Yeah. 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 Maybe they do. I don't know. um Or they just sit and be bored for ten minutes. Yeah, they're like, oh, they're talking. Don't know what. Yeah. I want. Anyway. <laughs> don't know what. Want... <laughs> Everyone's laughing. I'll just laugh. <laughs> but yeah, I, that leads us leads us nicely into the speeches. If you've, if you're happy to, yes, go into I that. did. Right. Um, So the first speech was given by Queen Margreta. Look, um, I don't want to get in trouble with Margreta. It was fine. That's what I'll say. Um, the speech had a lot of similarities to similar speeches that I have seen. So not too long ago, we had Carl Gustav's, um Jubilee and he talked about feeling like a link in a chain of history. That wasn't those exact words, but that was what essentially he said. And uh, Margaret used pretty much exactly the same language in her speech, talking about being a link in the chain of history. Um, and then she talked a lot about how Christian's path is set for him, but that she's confident that he can take on the task and that he will have the, the support of the people of Denmark, um, And which was all very similar to what King Harold said to Ingrid Alexandra in his speech for her 18th. It was stuff that is you will see in a lot of speeches. It's quite generic language that is used in a lot of speeches in similar situations and it was just a little bit more like this is definitely the queen giving a speech to someone who just happens to be her grandson.
0: Yeah the only thing I could write down from my speech was that whole link in a historic chain yeah. thing because I know what they're saying but also it just sounds kind of like mean like yeah you're a link in a chain <laughs> grandson. <laughs> I thought um, about that yet. <laughs> um, but yeah I thought you know she did the whole like it, it's sad because your life's mapped out for you but also that's great because you don't have to worry about anything you just get to be king um which is somehow like is very reassuring and also incredibly tone deaf I'm like yeah don't worry you just get to be king it's fine we're so normal um but it was also incredibly boring and um she d- I mean I don't speak Danish maybe it's really good in Danish but she wasn't like captivating me <laughs> Like when Harold speaks in Norwegian, I felt fairly captivated. I'm like, yeah, he's saying something cool, I guess. But I was just like, okay, next speech now, please.
1: Yeah, it wasn't my favorite. It was very it was very her. Like, I don't think of her as a particularly openly emotional person. Frederick spoke next. he I wondered if this was actually, I mean, partially, I think it probably is just that Margrethe is this way. She is not a, a overtly emotional person really but also i wondered if frederick so frederick kind of took the more emotional and personal style of speeches and so i wondered if like it was also a little bit deliberate but, like greater was giving the speech as the queen and then frederick could do the sort of more personal stuff like,
0: yeah it makes sense i think you
1: know frederick
0: and mary both give you know personal speeches quite well um and i think i mean i really like frederick's speech hmm. um of the three speeches it was my favorite one yeah um and there were lots of lovely parts in it but i i was really
1: obsessed with this weird metaphor he went on about pocket knives for quite a while there was a lot in there that i was like i feel like this is a danish in joke that i don't know
0: yeah i was like are you telling your son to carry a knife around because that's illegal here i don't know if it's illegal in general (laughs) but i'm like you must have a pocket knife get a pocket knife a pocket knife's important i don't have a pocket knife
1: yeah. Told me this message. so I watched the speeches but then when I looked at them read uh, written down a lot of them were like in quotation marks and I felt like this is must be referencing something like a proverb or a story that you are all learn or something on tv I don't know it felt like it was referencing something that I was missing because yeah I don't there was a lot of sort of random metaphors and things so I don't know if any Danish people could explain some of the context of the speech because <laughs> a lot of it did not make sense to me and there were also like I, there were so many it was it was a good speech, I thought it was a good speech, but it was not uncomfortable watching it on some level because there were a lot of moments where I feel like he was expecting people to laugh and they didn't.
0: <laughs> yeah, he, he pulls, um, and it, when you kind of match it up with the translation, it's normally after he tells like a, a funny story yeah, about no. Christian being really popular, and everyone's just like, okay. Nothing, yeah. That's comes- funny. <laughs>
1: yeah it was I felt really bad for him because I was like I can't laugh because I don't know what you're saying really I'm 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 watching you while looking at a transcript of this at the same time so it's like it's it's not funny to me because I've got that added layer but I really want you know it's like when you're you know whenever you're in a meeting with somebody and everyone else looks really bored you want to be the one that's like nodding and encouraging the person who's speaking so that they don't feel insecure about themselves um it was like that I was like I wish I could laugh Frederick but I don't know what you're saying (laughs) (laughs) um but I I think on the whole, I my thought was like, it's a speech that I think a lot of parents would give to their child. Um, so he started off by talking about how Christian is a very sociable person. Um, then there was kind of a reflection back on his childhood and about how he was more cautious and fearful as a child. Then he talked about that kind of strange feeling that I think a lot of parents have when their child starts to be their own person. Um, make their own choices and make different choices from the ones that you might make. Then he kind of rounded it off um, by addressing all of the young people in the room rather than just Christian and talked about sort of being young generally. Um, And then also again, talking about this idea that the path of Christian's life is set, um, but also about the importance of being young and trying things and failing at things and Um, knowing that you don't have all the answers but that that's okay which was also a very big theme in the speeches that were given to Ingrid Alexandra so um, it kind of reminded me that part of it kind of reminded me of those speeches.
0: Yeah it was like most of Frederick's speech, I really liked. I like the sort of personal messages about Christian, even if they were a bit like juxtaposition, because they were like, "You're so sociable, you're so popular, you're so cool, you're really cautious and quiet." I was like, "Yeah, you're older than your brother and sister, so you tell them what to do, and you're always going to be older than them." And I was like, "That's just a fact." Why are you saying <laughs> this in a speech to everyone? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But I really, I like the fact that I felt like I came out of it being like, "Yeah, Christian is a popular kid, and he always sort of like." likes being with people and that's a nice thing to know about him um, but then I it was just very odd I mean I get why he was doing it but it was very odd to me the part at the end when 50 year old Christian or Christian 50 year old Frederick was like being young this isn't <laughs> let's talk about that guys yeah. <laughs> you haven't been young for a very long time and you did not have a normal young adult life like yeah. at least Mary was a normal teenager <laughs> yeah yeah Never better people in the room to give that part of the speech
1: It's very like that meme of um, Steve Buscemi of like, how are you doing fellow kids? Um, How do you do fellow kids? It's very much that. Um, Frederick's definitely the type of person who still thinks he's like 18 on the inside. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Um, Bless him. Uh, Yeah, no, I I think overall it was kind of like, it was much less personal than previous speeches that we've seen in similar contexts. Even in the Danish royal family, I think, you know, I remember Mary joking about uh, Frederick's love of lycra. Um, And like the fact that he makes terrible dad jokes and those sorts of things like, so it's not even just like if you're comparing it to Ingrid Alexandra, it's also within the Danish royal family, I think there was less personal content, but there was enough that, as you say, you kind of thought like, okay, well, at least I know that Christian's very sociable now, but that when he was little, he used to be very cautious, but I, I do think like Christian's reaction, he was smiling at the bits that he was supposed to smile at and he was—he seemed quite moved by it. So I guess, in a way, it's not a speech for us, is it? Really, it's a speech for Christian, and he seemed to like it. So,
0: <laughs> yeah, I think Christian's um, reactions, in fact, to, like the whole—all the speeches were very, very sweet. He was just like, "Oh, thanks, everyone. Thanks, like Dad. Thanks, Gran. Um, He just seemed like a little bit, and, and I don't mean like in a bad way, but he was just completely like emotional but in a very sort of kid-like way like this is very embarrassing but it's very sweet christian's speech yes christian's speech that's very i've just read um it was very like sickly sweet Hmm. um for (laughs) for an 18 year old boy interesting expand expand it was a very nice speech it was a very good speech in the way that it was um it spoke to the people in the room and it was very young people oriented which I think is like Christian's current thing um but also it was a lot of like um our future and our destiny and mum and dad you've changed me and I'm so grateful for everything it felt like it didn't have very much substance in there which you know a 18th birthday speech doesn't need to have but also the style which it then does need to have to kind of cover the fact it's a birthday speech yeah was just too sickly sweet it just didn't seem to fit Christian I think that was my thing like of all the Christian we've seen he is very confident very sociable we now know and it just didn't feel like a speech from him whereas I think when we've looked at other speeches from 18 year olds or like the book that uh, Amalia was involved in they all sound like what we think of as that royal so whether we just have a really bad idea of Christian
1: <laughs> it just didn't it felt like someone else had written the speech and he was reading it so I think the first thing I noticed was he was extremely nervous um bless his cotton socks he looked so nervous when he went up to speak there's different types of nerves and um there are some people who are so nervous that when they speak it makes you nervous as a viewer even though you're not doing anything you're just like oh my goodness this is going to screw this up this is going to go terribly and it makes you uncomfortable there are other people who are nervous and it's sort of endearing and i think he fell into that category like he was nervous but i was like oh you know he'll get it i will say though he has to learn to stand on one spot because <laughs> <laughs> he kept bouncing on his feet and that is a thing that people do when they're nervous i, d- I was a competitive public speaker i I know it is really, really hard, even though I did it. I was you know, speaking all over the country and I was captain of the debating team. I did this all the time and it was still nerve wracking. Every single time you stand up, I have immense sympathy for people who are scared of public speaking. But one of the things that people always do is they bounce on their feet. And he did that a lot. And he needs to learn to stand still. So somebody needs to, in the family needs to teach him how to do that, because it's really it started to irritate me after a while. Um, <laughs> But kind of going back to what your point was, the, I was comparing, I hate to make comparisons, but I suppose that's what we're doing. And um, it's not to say that one is right or wrong. It's just, you know, a nature of the comparison. I think if you look at Ingrid's speech, she kind of went around each member of her family and talked about, you know, how they'd helped her and supported her. So like she talked about how she watches Sex in the City with her mum or cowboy films with her granddad, the king. Christian did go around all of his family and talk about all of them, but it was kind of like, you've made me feel so confident or you've always been there for me. They did. So they both did the same thing, which was kind of talking about their family. But Ingrid's was like, I'm going to pick a specific example of something that is personal to us and our connection and what what we do together. Um, And that's also a little bit jokey. It's kind of a little bit mocking you, not in a bad way, just in like a teasing family way. Whereas Christian's was very generic statements about like, I love my family. And it, it kind of goes back to that thing of like the De- the Danish rules having much more control. So you feel like, oh, Christian gave a speech where he talked about his family. But then you actually reflect on you and you're like, but he didn't say anything. <laughs> <laughs> there was nothing in this speech. Yeah.
0: It it didn't need to be amazing because it's his 18th birthday speech. Like he's not, you know, making an oath to the country or but it also was his first big speech. Um and it's a, such a good opportunity for young girls to be like this is who I am yeah and it didn't feel like that came across in his speech and whether it's because he was nervous or because he just um the speech wasn't written by him or he was so busy focusing on the guest list the speech kind of, yeah. out of the wayside just didn't feel like I came out of the speech being like oh I know what Christian is like whereas the others I kind of have come out feeling that
1: yeah, for sure. And I think there was also something that I really liked about Ingrid's, which was after she talked about all of her family, she then went, up, went on to talk about Norway. And she talked about how she, lucky, she, lucky she felt to have grown up in Norway, about the importance of Norwegian democracy, about the values of Norway, and how she interpreted them and how important they were to her. And I thought that was really sensible, because I left it feeling like this is somebody who understands her country, and who really loves her country, is deeply patriotic, and Get like Victoria kind of gets what her job is from a very young age. And I'm not saying that Christian doesn't know that because obviously he did this whole documentary where he learned about all this stuff. But it would have just been nice to hear from Christian about like how he views the job. If he didn't want to go personally, I still think that viewers were entitled to have a bit of understanding from him of like what he thinks Danish values are or what he loves about Denmark. I think also it
0: didn't feel very, like the entire sort of event didn't feel very cohesive mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. it had started with this like Denmark this is Denmark we're all about Denmark it went to this kind of very traditional waving on a balcony and then ended with a gala for young people even if he'd mentioned Denmark in his speech it would have sort of tied everything together a bit more because it would have been like oh yes and uh, when I did my document you know my documentary about Denmark, I learned about this thing. Or I spoke to young people across the country and I was determined to beat this as, you know, be a king for my generation or something like that. You know, it's not like a tour where it needs to feel really together. Like it does, it's a birthday party, but I think it just felt like it was missing a trick to
1: be that like final step. I will say there was one part of it, which reminded me of a slightly unusual speech perhaps, which was the Queen's 21st birthday. Queen Elizabeth. Uh, it was only one speech it only one part of the speech but basically in her 21st she very famously said that like she may not lead us into battle I'm not I'm gonna paraphrase this really badly but um she may not lead us into battle but she can give us her life and service essentially was what the point of it was and Christian there was one part of it where Christian said something about how he knows that he can't always be perfect but what he can promise is that he'll give the people of Denmark everything he has and I wish there had been more of that kind of thing because that felt like statesman like you know um and yeah. it did remind me of this really iconic speech so if there'd been a bit more of that maybe it would have felt more
0: substantial. I always felt he is 18 18, and I would always expect his speech to be the weakest of the three and I expect him to be the worst public speaker of the three because Migrator and Frederick have had years of practice Mm -hmm. and he was by no means bad like it wasn't a bad speech and he wasn't an awful public speaker but like maybe someone should have got him to practice in front of like a load of courtiers or something just to to build up that confidence because it was publicized and not
1: televised to the world so it's just like come on guys Ingrid really spoiled it for everyone because she is an unnaturally good public speaker at her age like she was holding the room as if she was like a professional comedian she was like incredible at her speech um so like Christian the level of speaking that he had is probably not that different to like when Kate first joined the royal family you know and she was a grown adult so it's probably not it's just the the fact that he hasn't done a lot of this and he will get better with practice over time and he'll feel more comfortable and confident and even if he doesn't there are people in other royal families who are much worse who've been doing it for much longer but Ingrid really did just spoil it for everyone by just being so amazing that like everyone in comparison now looks terrible <laughs> yeah, he
0: really did remind me of like 2012 Kate when she gave yeah, like her yeah. first speech that kind of like it, she wasn't it was like endear, like you said endearing nervousness and so you're yeah. like oh good luck yeah. that's exactly what <laughs> really you should do well
1: <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> the reaction though was what gave me <laughs> a more interesting sort of reflect insight into who he was I mean f- I mean f- there was a few different things so Mary was in tears she ran over and gave him a big kiss and then his dad went over and said well done to him yeah, kind of just sort of, and also he really visibly
0: rea- uh, reacted relaxed.
1: Yes. And when he
0: was sort of walked back to sort of his seat and past people and people were kind of smiling at him, he, you know, looked every inch as confident as his dad had done when he walked back to his mm-hmm. seat. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, yeah. yeah, it was very sweet. And I think, you know, how much sort of pride everyone had in that room yeah. for him, particularly his family and his, you know, like, like his closer friends like Ingrid, they were like, oh, like our christian gown. yeah proud of him yes yeah it was
1: very sweet so the next thing that we saw like happen was just like they brought in a cake with a candle which he blew out very badly he did a very bad job of blowing out the candles
0: he was, he was blowing them for ages and yeah. like, I, after a bit I was like are they like the trick candles? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that wasn't really me <laughs> but no it's just there were so many of them I'm sure there were more than 18 I think yeah. there must have been 18 but it just looked like so many and he was just like Ooh. he just kept blowing them and they just it was hilarious it was really funny
1: I think I would find that more nerve-wracking than giving a speech having to blow out candles yeah. in front of a lar- large crowd of people staring at I'd me. I'd invite
0: someone to do it, the myth with me so it wasn't yeah. me like, come help me, my fellow young people. Yes. Slow
1: yeah, together. Yeah. <laughs> There's the episode title. <laughs> <laughs> the rest of it was like sort of stuff that was released after the event. So they released on social media um, some video footage of the family at the party, which, I mean, again, this is a really great example to me of the of the balance of access and control that the Danish royal family have because they did not show you any of the reception on like the live stream which um, I think other royal families would do like Sweden would probably show you some of the reception Um, but they gave you a video that they had obviously signed off and curated and picked out the moments that they wanted highlighted so you were left feeling like oh wow this is amazing we got to see part of the reception and they were dancing along to the music and it was really casual and candid but they still always have control they're very clever these these days they realized
0: yeah they're really good at this whole making yeah. you feel like a part of something nonsense
1: yeah they really are i see you well done um but i mean it it seemed like a uh, what I don't know what the young folk say, but I've just a good party. What was was what, what a bang in? No, they don't say that do today.
0: <laughs> I don't think they say that. I mean I don't know what they say, but I just don't think it was that. Okay.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think I know I knew what the young folk were saying when I was a young folk. But they like they showed you the performers and the royals like right in the front row, dancing along. Uh Vincent, his little brother was leaping around the place like a like kind of like a when you take a fish out of water, he was like leaping around like that. <laughs> um crown prince frederick was doing some uh off time dad clapping which i thought was quite nice um my favorite part of it was that the the guards had glow sticks
0: yeah they were like yep we're gonna be part of this party we have no. to stand here but we're gonna be waving a glow stick
1: yeah like the traditional guards kind of like the beef eaters outside buckingham palace if you imagine that they went to an event and had glow sticks i i enjoyed that that was good <laughs> um but yeah so they, they released that and then they also released some photographs um so it was sort of like candid one of the family on the stairs as they were going to the event and you know it was sort of them in motion so they were or in action so they were kind of like you know one of them was moving her dress it wasn't like a posed photograph but then they had a, a sort of a posed photograph of all of the young heirs who had been in attendance so Maria, elizabeth ingrid christian and estelle um which you know we're getting more and more of these kind of photos of the young heirs and I am a sucker for them keep them coming
0: I know like, I'm gonna need one every year now just to sort of yeah. sate my desire for yeah. them exactly um, you said it, it was up, so though. sweet I, I quite liked the fact that from Ingrid's birthday
1: to this one it just looked like Charles had grown a lot yes <laughs> I saw a couple of people putting like a you know uh, side-by-side comparison of the two of them and I was like if you don't know who these people are then you're just going to look at this photograph and think that that little tiny two-year-old grew up <laughs> enormously in, a, in the space of like a, a year or two so suddenly there's a giant <laughs> was a baby. Yeah. Um, yeah but no I like that they took the time to do that because obviously they don't have to do it um, but those are the kinds of photographs that when I'm still alive hopefully in sort of 40 years I'll be able to look back and be like, oh, look how young they were.
0: It was even like looking at, um because there were so many sort of young pictures of Christian around, like looking at pictures of Christian from like 2019, it was like, that is a child, like an actual baby. Mm-hmm. And it's only four years ago. How did this actual tiny baby turn into a giant future mm-hmm. king within four years? I can't get over it. It's really happened quickly, I feel like. It was during lockdown but all these young yeah, royals yeah. became grown-up royals So I don't like it no no they never
1: run it past us um so yeah so I think to kind of round it up um if we compare it to his father's 18th birthday party in 1986 um the biggest things were that I felt were different were obviously that there was a lot more royals who were in attendance this time around and also if you watch frederick's speech back he was obviously very very nervous thankfully he didn't bounce around as much but i think um you know he he was obviously very very nervous but i feel like christian is nervous in a different way which as i said it's like the endearing way whereas frederick was nervous in the like oh my gosh he's gonna screw this up smooth way um <laughs> so i think you could see that like it's not that frederick is not a confident person but it's just he's never been somebody who likes giving speeches
0: yeah, I think even when I was listening to like Frederick's speech about how Christian was really sociable, I was like, Frederick's never given me sort of that vibe. Um, like he's clearly like a well-liked person, but he doesn't give me the kind of wants to be out and surrounded by people. So I'm like, he sounds, he's very happy running by himself. That's what he wants to do, just go on a run. Whereas I think he's got a lot, of, Christian must have a lot of Mary's kind of bubbly personality. Um because Mary, I think Mary would be happy if he just were like, yeah, go talk to a thousand people. She'd be like, okay. Um, and Christian gives that vibe, um, which I think is really sort of
1: nice to see. Yeah, exactly. Like it's not right or wrong. It's just different. And it it's probably makes it easier for him in the future because his job will entail things like standing for 40 minutes and shaking hands with people and pretending to be interested in them. Um, or maybe he is genuinely as interested in them. if <laughs> that's just me projecting. But yeah, so I, I think but it was also just a sort of grander affair which was interesting i don't know if that reflects kind of the more the closer connections that they have now or um the uh kind of the status of the danish royal family now compared to then i don't know or maybe it's just like you have to churn out more content for like a social media world um and i don't know exactly why there were more royals in attendance but there were so that's another notable thing um and then i've got, sort of compared to some other royal families and how they did 18s and things i think it's not really any different um so there were some differences in in terms of how they celebrated it because like in some countries there's a constitutional requirement that if you were the heir to the throne and once you reach the age of majority you have to like swear an oath or something and christian is not heir to the throne so theoretically he doesn't have to do that upon turning 18 in the same way so there were some differences but often it was just like The difference was because the constitution states somebody else has to do this and christian doesn't um if you actually look at just like the raw parts of the event and just break it down i think they weren't drastically different what what christian did to what ingrid alexandra did or what amalia did it was just the packaging that felt different um if that makes sense so like you know we got some level of access to them. For Ingrid, it was an interview. For Amalia, it was a book, which is slightly different from an interview. And then for Christian, again, it was a documentary. That wasn't really about him, so it was it was packaged again slightly in a different way. Or like Ingrid went to a lot of government sites for her 18th in person and met people. Christian did that, but he did that in the documentary rather than doing that separately as part of you know the you know with the, the press there and whatnot. So the actual st- access we didn't see him any less I don't think and he didn't do anything that was drastically different from um any of the other royal families it just was sort of sold in a different way
0: yeah and I also think that
1: like Elizabeth of
0: Belgium's birthday events were very small compared to what's come afterwards and then Amalia's was hit by Covid um and then Ingrid's was bigger but it almost felt like she was doing three in one like it was hers and Amalia's and Elizabeth's coming-of-age celebration all at yeah, once yeah. so it felt a lot bigger um and also but I also think some of that was just because we were starved for big royal events <laughs> because I hadn't been anything like that for three years because of covid so everything was just like whoa look they're back they've got tiaras gowns and there's loads of them it's amazing whereas now everything's a bit more back to normal and we've had funerals and coronations and weddings and other 18th birthdays which is like yeah another gala it's very nice
1: yeah the, the standard is now getting higher and higher
0: yeah I think that was it it just felt very like a run-of-the-mill royal gala and I think Denmark has so many galay things like they do one every year for New Year's Eve and or New Year's Day I I think if we'd had Christian's birthday first like before Ingrid's just after Covid we'd be like wow it was amazing And like you said, it wasn't a bad event. It just no, we probably got exactly the same kind of access to Christian, and in some ways, we got more because we did get a documentary. It just was a very different style than we've Mm -hmm. had from Amalia and Ingrid, who both went on the sort of much more personal route. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, definitely. I think, and what you said earlier about the lack of coherency really makes sense to me because. I, my personal preference is I like to to know the sort of little details about their lives I like to learn about the personal side of things but I would have actually really respected if Christian had been like actually my 18th birthday is not about me it's about Denmark and I would have really respected that if that had been the running thing throughout but then his speech and the other speeches on the day didn't even really reference Denmark that much um, it was like <laughs> one throwaway line and so I, I feel like if the speeches had been slightly different then the whole event might, I might've been left it feeling like, okay, well, Ingrid did something really personal. Amalie did something really personal. Christian did something really professional and that's really interesting and different. And, um, you know, it might not be my personal preference, but I really respect that approach, but they kind of didn't, they just kind of did a bit of that. And then a, a bit of sort of the p- more personal side of things. And then a bit that was just kind of wishy-washy nothing. Um, So I, yeah, it was just, it was little things like that that like, it was the packaging it was the way that it was sold it was the way that it was all sort of linked together that just didn't feel as good as it could have been and not as danish as or not what i've ex- I come to i've come to expect of the danish royal family because they've usually got everything together um but that that being said it was not a bad event i'm really pleased that we got to see everybody i, I salute him for doing something really difficult which was getting up and giving a speech to a lot of people when he's 18 that it's going to be televised as well like good for him even if it wasn't my favorite speech good for him for doing it so it was you know it might sound like we're being really negative and i just i think it's just that it's you know we've got to get an hour out of this and um, <laughs> going to be judging <laughs> yeah and also it is a very positive event and we've been very positive on other platforms and everyone else has been very positive so maybe it, with a bit of distance it's nice to kind of look at it on a more balanced way
0: yeah i feel like also you know he was in a weird way disadvantaged because he didn't have to do the official royal stuff like his swearing of the constitution isn't until mid-November and like Ingrid did things on her birthday and Amalia did things on her birthday and Elizabeth did and Leonor will be on her birthday in a couple of weeks um so it felt like an element was missing and it's not missing, it's just not happened yet. Like this this other sort of key element, the boring but important part, which all the others kind of did first, so it was done out the way. But you could say, yep, it's done, hasn't happened yet. And that's not his fault because it's not his fault that the Danish government hasn't arranged to meet, you know, but it felt it just is one of these things where it's like it's not going to be exciting on the 14th of November to see this happen because it's just someone going, yeah, I promise to be good. It becomes an afterthought yeah this really core element of a royal reaching the age of majority just didn't happen
1: mm-hmm.
0: um which i think if it had even though we probably would have skipped over it because it would have been really boring <laughs> we would have been like "Duh, perfect he's done that
1: that's good yeah uh yeah i know we, we complain about things uh like <laughs> beforehand we were like oh well this feels really boring and it doesn't feel like there's anything that's going to be happening and then they gave us more stuff and we were like yeah but this is boring we don't want to talk about it <laughs> don't talk about this boring stuff no one can please us (laughs) thank you everybody for joining us for the on air podcast this week we will hopefully be back next week unless there's any more personal tragedies or anything else that happens Um, But, uh, yeah, uh, keep sending us ideas for things to discuss and um, keep rating us five stars. Uh, But other than that, uh, we will see you soon. And it is a goodbye from me. And goodbye from me.